Welcome to Bible Fiber. I am Shelley Neese, president of the Jerusalem Connection, a Christian organization devoted to sharing the story of the people of Israel, both ancient and modern. In over 70 episodes over the course of two years, we have done a deep dive into the 12 minor prophets, a month-long mini-course on why prophecy ended, and tackled the post-exilic books of Ezra and Nehemiah. The next book on the horizon for Bible Fiber is Ezekiel. But before we start a new book, I'm giving a mini-course on the peoples of the Bible. So far, we have reviewed the Assyrians and Babylonians, and this week we're learning about the Canaanites. The biblical land of Canaan is the equivalent of modern-day Israel, Palestine, Lebanon, and part of Jordan. Canaan was the promised land that God pledged to give the descendants of Abraham. However, within three generations, drought and famine forced Abraham's descendants out of Canaan to seek refuge in Egypt. Because of the Nile River, Egypt was not as prone to drought as Canaan. Originally, Jacob and his family escaped to Egypt at the behest of Joseph. But their stay got extended, and over the centuries, their status dropped from invited guests to permanent slaves. After the exodus and 40 years of wilderness wandering, the Israelites re-entered their long-abandoned promised land. However, it was not empty land. God commissioned Joshua to conquer the land of the Canaanites in fulfillment of the Abrahamic covenant. He promised that settled life would bring the Israelites the rest that they so longed for. The Bible's reference to Canaanites creates the impression to the modern reader that the Canaanites were a unified people group. Really, the term Canaanite is an umbrella term that applied to all the people groups living in the land of Canaan during the Middle and Late Bronze Age. We should not take Canaanite as an ethnic term. Canaan included many tribes, each with their own social stratification and hierarchy. Each tribe had its own ruler and distinct culture, and each city-state had their own defense system and alliances. Because Canaan comprised diverse groups, Joshua had to approach each of them separately with unique battle plans, which we see in the book of Joshua and the story of the conquest. Although the tribes of Canaan in the late Bronze Age had plenty of differences, they also had much in common. The Canaanites possessed a common Canaanite dialect, but also could communicate in Akkadian. We know this because of the Amarna letters. The Amarna letters are a collection of diplomatic messages between Canaanite leaders and Egyptian pharaohs, dating to the 14th century BCE. During that time, all the Canaanite tribes operated under the thumb of the Egyptian overlords. In the letters, the Canaanite leaders complained about a semi-nomadic people that threatened their survival. Were they referencing the Israelites? Maybe. It depends on your date of the Exodus, and that is a whole other episode. The Canaanite pantheon included Baal, El, and Asherah. Archaeologists have discovered idols of all these gods at late Bronze Age sites in modern Israel, like Hazor and Megiddo. The Bible portrayed the Canaanites as a morally corrupt and idolatrous people. Their practices, such as child sacrifice and the worship of pagan gods, served as warnings about the consequences of turning away from the one true God. Yahweh sent the prophets to admonish the Israelites who frequently adopted the ways of the Canaanites. The Israelites first encountered the Canaanites as they led their military campaigns throughout Canaan. 
battling tribes, and establishing treaties. The book of Joshua presented the Canaanites as a long-established presence in the land and the principal obstacle to conquering it. God's commission to Joshua at the book's outset summarized the purpose and content of the entire narrative. Cross the Jordan, be faithful to God, and he will deliver the land over to them. Although the stories of conquest in Joshua can be violent and disturbing, the conquest was ultimately a testament of God's power and fidelity. The conquest represented the fulfillment of God's faithfulness to the covenant with Abraham. Joshua was a powerful leader, but the Bible clarifies that his power came from God. God orchestrated the victories by holding the sun still in the sky and leading the spies to the God-fearing Rahab in Jericho. Despite all of Joshua's military success, the Israelites did not defeat all the Canaanite peoples in the land as God had commanded. God wanted total judgment on the Canaanites. He declared every Canaanite city deserving of his condemnation. Instead, the Israelite army stopped short of total victory when each tribe had a comfortable allotment of land. Instead of purging the Canaanites entirely, they settled among them. In his farewell speech, Joshua warned the people that if they intermarried and assimilated with the Canaanites, they would abandon Yahweh and go after other false gods. Joshua warned the people that if they took God's justice and mercy for granted, and if they turned away from God, God would surely turn away from them. Events played out exactly as Joshua predicted. After settling in among the Canaanites, the Israelites intermingled with their neighbors. They adopted the deplorable Canaanite worship practices and turned to worshiping Canaan's gods, building altars to Baal and putting up Asherah poles. The Israelites lost their way. They fell into an endless cycle of disobedience followed by subjugation to their stronger neighbors. At the end of the Late Bronze Age, the Canaanites' tribal power was replaced by new invading groups like the Philistines. When the Bible transitioned from the period of the judges to the monarchy, the Canaanites nearly disappeared from the narrative. In their place, the Philistines took over as Israel's number one enemy in the story. We'll study the Philistines next week. Thank you for listening, and please continue to take part in this mini-course on Peoples of the Bible. For the show transcript, go to our blog or sign up for our emails at thejerusalemconnection.us. Also, Christian listeners, please reach out to your Israeli and Jewish friends. Hanukkah ends today on December 15th. Jews are commanded to be happy as they celebrate the miracle of God's provision that Hanukkah represents. But I'm hearing from Jewish friends that this Hanukkah has felt very difficult to embrace with joy. Let them know they are not alone. Am Israel Chai. Send me a message. I'll respond. Bible Fiber is available on YouTube or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Shabbat Shalom.